0: Me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jacks. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. For well, it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old
1: game. Welcome to Slow Pitch, a podcast that takes sports movies too seriously, or perhaps not seriously enough. We're your hosts.
0: I don't look good with my shirt off, and we'll get into that. Sean Williams
1: and Brad Etherly. I'm going to make out with two chicks tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Two guys who consider sports movies a type of aerobic exercise. Today's episode is a review of the 2005 classic, Lords of Dogtown.
0: Yeah, I I say that. I I said that to start off because. This movie is about a type of guy that I kind of wish that I was, but I I, I realize that I'm not. And there, there it's the type of guy whether it's like whether they're wearing a shirt or whether they're not wearing a shirt, it's all the same to them, and it's no big deal. Like I I have a deep shame of my body, um, <laughs> and uh, when I'm not wearing a shirt, I'm very cognizant of it. My abdomen is pasty and unmuscular <laughs> and 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 well, I just so would is Emil
1: Hirsch's for that. It's just <laughs> you know, for the record. Well,
0: I'm just saying, like I like I would not fit in uh skateboarding through swimming pools and like hanging out of, uh you know in Southern California. Shops. No, no, like my shoulders are freckly. It's it's not a pretty sight.
1: So one of my favorite stories involving you is and there's so many but oh, dear um several several years ago i mean like 12 or 13 years ago we came up with this game at your house yeah uh, i had my my vehicle was parked in your driveway which was below your your deck and the window mm-hmm. the passenger side window was down and we had a football and we decided that whoever could get the football through the window first the other would have to go to the local Walgreens which you frequented almost daily yeah to the point where like the cashiers knew your name and yeah. they would have to I had a to, dr- I had
0: a drug, just, I had, a drug pro- I had a drug problem
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> like a, tylenol a lot, drug problem
0: yeah a lot of a lot of pepsi <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what I'm talking about
1: <laughs> but the person would have to order or or purchase something with their shirt off as they walked through the store. And just because you frequented, and I knew that you frequented that, that store often, I, I really wanted you to lose, but alas, I, I lost my abdomen is not so pasty and, and not so it's not muscular, but it's not skinny (laughs) like yours. (laughs) Is <laughs> it's, it's it's had a lot of a lot of hamburgers and and ice cream that have have been added to it to to make right. it form what it is today. <laughs> Not to mention some Hershey Kisses. <laughs> but we'll talk about that some other time. Uh, so so you have been I know that you have been to L.A. more recently than I have because I have oh, yeah, hold, hold up uh, hold up.
0: Did, are we are we moving on from the walgreens i don't i don't know did you finish that
1: story oh i guess i, I, I so i did lose so yeah. i had to go in and and purchase something i bought some hohos or something shirtless <laughs> i just walked in shirtless <laughs> Purchase the the ho hos shirtless yeah. and walk around,
0: and that, and that gets to the essence of my point. One of these lords of dog dogtown guys, like that, would have been nothing to them. Like that was a ma- that would have been a massive sacrifice to me, and probably was to you <laughs> to walk into an established business without your shirt on and with a straight face, buy some uh, ho hos <laughs> or Snickers, or whatever you got. And also, it, it points to where we were in our lives that it was a Wednesday (laughs) afternoon at two o'clock and we were spending at least a couple of hours. uh, And we were not in college. No, 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 no. Uh, like friends of ours were taking the bar exam, uh, you know, (laughs) going to med school and stuff. And we were trying to throw a football through the window of a blazer or whatever you're driving. Yeah. And, uh, with the consequence being, you had to walk shirtless into a Walgreens. So,
1: you know, I didn't mind it. I found it freeing.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't, I think I still never showed my face in that Walgreens again. Uh, d- despite <laughs> the fact that it was,
1: were, yeah, I was were like lurking behind the cosmetics counter, <laughs> which
0: is even worse. That's even worse. It's like, <laughs> man, look at that pervert. He's like looking at that guy with no shirt. on.
1: <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, it's like you're checking out Revlon <laughs> eyelashes, and, <Yeah>. and <laughs> Ooh, that eat.
0: guy's had a few hamburgers in his day. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, okay, so but let's uh, let's get back to LA. Right, you, I have not been to Los Angeles, and, and Lords of Dogtown is is mm-hmm. set in Santa Monica. I guess I guess in the seventies there were probably yeah, a Venice lot of beach. Yeah. Yeah. Skid row. But this, this area was of Santa Monica was called Dogtown, mm-hmm. And And uh, anyways, I haven't been to Los Angeles since I was, I think I was in between eighth and ninth grade. And, and I know it was, it was when, so it was like when 89 was turning into 90. And I remember mm-hmm. that because the radio stations were playing like the best of the decades. And it was all eighties music. Mm-hmm. So I haven't been in a very long time, but I know that you've been more recently than I have. And I have mm-hmm. a question. So to me, LA has, especially when you think about like the forties and the fifties and the sixties, kind of a romantic kind of mm-hmm. feel to it, at least for me. And even though this is set in the mid seventies, probably until the the end of the movie, I think it's kind of into the early eighties, but the 1970s LA does not hold the same kind of romantic qualities that <laughs> that earlier LA periods would would have do you have that same feeling about LA that that I do
0: yeah well and i'll first off say that i am not a an expert on los angeles uh, by any stretch of the imagination but um yes like there um on my honeymoon and I think we went back there and we stayed at this place uh called the Charlie. It's in West Hollywood and it is this like chateau the chateau place where you can rent these suites and everything. And it's it's called the Charlie because Charlie Chaplin used to stay there. And so you know it, it's kind of fun to go there and sort of imagine Hollywood in the uh mm-hmm. 30s, 40s, maybe the golden 50s. age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and like imagine uh, Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, you know, hanging out there and going to um, bars and stuff there. Um, And just sort of like the, like you said, the romance or kind of the magic of of Hollywood. You know, I I think uh, another movie that kind of captures that, but in closer to the uh, decade that we're talking about in this movie is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And it may not be the exact romance you're talking about, but it did it did sort of uh, capture this almost like strange place that uh, Hollywood and Los Angeles kind of is, you know, of course that was 1969 or whatever, but, uh, but, but, but yeah, yeah. Going, going back to what you're saying, it's like we get a little bit more of the nitty gritty Los Angeles, you know, these kind of bohemian guys who don't really have jobs and, you know, they don't seem to, Care about their manners or anything like that, <laughs> whereas whereas you know the the in the golden age of Hollywood, you're going to have people who are prim and proper, so to speak, uh, at least at least on the outside uh, when everyone's watching.
1: So it's funny they wear shirts. They wear short. They wore shirts. Humphrey Borgo They wore shirts. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned uh, Once Upon a uh, Time in Hollywood because I just watched it like maybe I don't know four days before I watched this movie and. You know, that was in 69 when, you know, there was the hippie movement and there were some kind of dirty, scuzzy hippies that were a part of that culture. And this is, you know, a few years later, but but kind of the same concept in that these guys, they weren't the cultured people of Los Angeles. They were, you know, it it was probably one block away (laughs) from Skid Row, you know?
0: Yeah. Well. And that's, that is, that is part of the, I mean, this, this is this case with, with any city probably, but in Hollywood, you know, you have some of the wealthiest people in Hollywood and Beverly Hills, you know, you may have some of the most wevel- uh, wealthiest people around living in that area. But, you know, within that, like on the, on some of those same streets, you know, you're going to have sure. homeless population and. You know, people who are living a very different lifestyle all in that, like in that compacted area,
1: despite this being kind of dirty and scuzzy and, and kind of, you know, in a lot of ways, kind of a gross feeling of, you know, that time. And that, I mean, I mean, these guys, (laughs) I think the makeup department went a little overboard because it literally looked like they were mechanics at a, at a, at a garage with the dirt that was all over their, their hands and their, I mean, like even their arms, these guys, just to give a little background, you know, these are surfers who also kind of dabble in skateboarding and their mentor or whatever is Heath Ledger's character, Skip. And he runs uh, this Zephyr surfboard shop. And, and I guess he also did skateboards as well. And they kind of all just kind of gravitate to him as like this, you know, Southern California surf god or whatever. but But they become much more focused on skateboarding when Mitch Hedberg introduces the polyurethane wheels that you can attach to a skateboard. So yeah, this and- is kind of the the whole thing about the the movie is it's all about this mid 70s skateboard scene which transitions from, you know, people riding the old plastic, you know, banana boards to the, the kind of more X games kind of style that we're well, more used okay. to now.
0: Y- okay. So you mentioned the polyurethane wheels. I, I never quite figured out why that was a big deal. Like why that was a turning point, because I, when they f- first introduced him, when Mitch Hed- Hedberg comes in, um, which his is in, on IMDb is called the polyurethane wheel guy. I, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> but when he comes in there and introduces those, I kind of thought it was going to be an over the top situation where, <laughs> you know, we get up you to sure? like this, we get up to this big tournament and they're like, you know, one of the skateboarders is like, wait a second, over the top. I need to switch out my wheels and he like put, <laughs> takes off the plastic ones or whatever, puts on the polyurethane and like does all these amazing tricks. But they don't really mention those afterwards. It's just kind of like he brings them in. It's like, oh yeah, that's cool. And then now they're all skateboarders
1: they yeah they 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 don't really show any more surfing like i thought at first and and i had seen this movie before but i'd forgotten a lot of it and you know at first the the whole thing is all about surfing you know they wake up early 4:30 in the morning like to get out to go hit the waves first and the first thing i said was that ni- 1970s surfers were decidedly very non chill <laughs> because they, like, there was one like linebacker-looking guy who looked like Cheech Marin with a a mullet, who <laughs> yeah, was exactly. like one of the meanest guys in the I've ever seen, you know, in yeah. a surf movie. And and he and must they have were been just, one of
0: the he was like the Point Break guys. Those were non-chill surfers as well.
1: Yeah, it was crazy. But anyways. No more surfing after the first five minutes. It was all skateboarding. <laughs> well, uh, and which it, leads I was, me to we'll get, go ahead.
0: Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, I like it. It was, I had trouble kind of figuring out which way this movie was going. And, and I'm watching it in the context of uh, I have been assigned a sports movie to watch. And so <laughs> I'm trying to sort of discern the sports in it. And so that's why I kept thinking, like, okay, wait a second um is this polyurethane wheel going to be a thing is Heath Ledger is he some sort of like Jim Morrison Mr Miyagi who's going to like teach him stuff which he doesn't really teach him anything he no. just sort of yells at him <laughs> and like and slaps him with hamburgers and stuff anyway what what was your question <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, you took our rating away. How many slaps oh, with hamburgers? That. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Um, no, no, that's awesome. No, I was going to ask you if you ever if you were a skater growing up at all.
0: No, um, not at all. I do like I remember when Back to the Future came out and that like there was sort of a skateboarding craze I think that was somewhat like I mean, skateboarding was already going on, but I think like suburban kids started wanting skateboards after marty mcfly used one and back to the future and w- which also there's a, a quick side note there is a scene in this movie where the kids hitch a ride on the back of a bus
1: sure uh, on yeah. their skateboards and, and the and- bus driver is trying to kill them
0: <laughs> everybody on good great grand wonderful No yelling on the bus I know I was like I was like Like this bus driver Starts weaving in and out of traffic To kill Not to
1: mention Every Not to mention everybody else driving
0: (laughs) Yeah Yeah He has like 30 people on this bus And he is trying to murder these 16 year olds or however old they are. And he, like like a responsible bus driver would like bring the bus to a stop and say, okay guys, like you can't do that or I'm gonna call your parents or, or, or even call the police. That would be safe. but he starts whipping in and out of uh, the you know different lanes, trying to essentially slingshot them into oncoming traffic and uh, and in their lives.
1: Yeah, and they handle it with uh, grace and aplomb. <laughs> they just <laughs> they just ride off like no big yeah. deal. Um no, okay. So I I did kind of aspire to be a skateboarder, probably when I was around 12 or 13. Probably probably close to the time that Back to the Future came out. Although I don't know that that was the impetus behind it. Um but I I did have my Nash skate excuse me, my Nash skateboard. Uh, I think that I got to the point where I could do a kickflip, <laughs> which yeah. really the only trick was that you kicked the back of the skateboard and it popped up. That yeah. was the extent right. of my trick. My trick riding, but I did, I did want to be a skater for a brief time, anyways. And and so the other thing about this movie is that even though I am. I'm 45, not from Southern California. There was also a little bit of a a romantic idea behind the, not only the era, but just what they were doing. I don't know what kind of calls me to that, but, or makes me kind of enjoy the idea of that. But maybe it's just that they were a little bit more free spirit and, and they kind of did things their own way. I don't know what it is, but I just, I really enjoyed the idea of just kind of doing what you want to do and, and, and being who you want to be and, you know, kind of saying, screw the, screw the rules. I just, yeah, it was something that I I kind of enjoyed, I guess.
0: You dirty hippie. (laughs) (laughs) No. um, Yeah. I, uh, I get that. I definitely get that. I think I knew probably from a very early age and I'm, I'm being, I'm saying this (laughs) sort of jokingly, but also not jokingly. I I knew I could never pull off the skateboard clothing. Like, like I feel like if I had put on, you know, like uh, whether it's the, the shorts that are 16 inch hoops for each leg, you know, that goes halfway down your shin, the vans, uh, whatever it is, whatever the, the clothing was, I feel like, like my parents or maybe like one of my friends would have been like, Hey, come on. You know, like that's, that's clearly sure. not working. <laughs> there was a whole,
1: there was a whole culture. See, yeah. but but for whatever reason in, in Houston in the mid eighties, that culture wasn't as established. It was just fun guys doing tricks on skateboards and in, uh. in ocean Pacific clothes and, Bugle Boy jeans, you know? Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) You... Yeah.
1: Yeah, so no, okay, so these these polyurethane wheels come into the picture, and it's like a game-changer. And so they immediately act like this is like electronic cars have been invented, and they can do all kinds of different tricks that they've never thought about doing. And they... I guess Heath Ledger, first of all, (laughs) what was he doing with his accent in his mouth?
0: Yeah. Well, okay. This is one of those movies that starts off by saying inspired by a true story. So is this based off a real guy? Yeah. I think it was. And
1: actually it was. And so the, the writer was the Stacy, the blonde, the blonde haired kid. Yeah. Peralta. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's the other thing too. (laughs) The, The first 30 minutes of this movie. I was like, am I watching a uh, Hanson behind the music documentary? <laughs> Cause, cause I all these like blonde uh, teenage guys or something. But anyway, go ahead.
1: Um, but yeah, so Heath Ledger is, like I said, he's the, the owner of this skate shop and surfboard shop. And, but he is, he's only 25 in this movie. I forget how young he was when he died. He was 28 ish, I guess when he died. Oh man. But, Emil Hirsch was only 20 when he made Mm. this movie, but I mean, just kids. Mm -hmm. Rebecca de Mornay was not (laughs) 20 in this movie. She, she played her part. Well, she played uh, Emil Hirsch's who played Jay. He was a real Jay Allen or something. I got to look it up. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It doesn't
0: say the names. Well,
1: anyways, these are all real skaters of this, of this team that, Heath ledger put together called uh, the zephyr or the z boys team and and i guess that there were at the time a lot of skateboard teams that were going to these competitions and and they were you know doing this and so the, the first competition that they go to is in del mar and you know <laughs> you've got like 40 year old guys doing like the most basic tricks I think one of them was doing a handstand. Did I see that correctly? <laughs> well, on that, skateboard? Yeah, that,
0: that is one thing about this movie. I did not walk away understanding what makes you a good skateboarder or not. Because, yeah, in that first competition, I mean, okay, yes, it is impressive if you can do a handstand on <laughs> a skateboard. But, like, w- what are the judges judging on? Like, in that th- there's a yeah. competition later, which I'm sure we'll talk about where it just seems like they're skating up a ramp and back down and they kind of mm-hmm. do that stuff in the pool. And and I'm not saying any of that's easy. I just don't know how you score points at a competition with it. And I, and it seems like to truly appreciate parts of this movie, you would need to know that. But I, again, this was, I, I struggled. It wasn't to explained. Follow this movie. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it was not explained. And And at one point, one of the Z boys, the Zephyr team, guys uh alva he he went and he did you know he kind of it was like they were the rule breakers right they the, you know you've got all these guys coming out and they're doing their tricks, but then the Zephyr team comes out, and I guess what is not explained very well is that they have a new style where they get real low to the ground, and so when they kind of make their turns uh they use their hands alongside the platform that they're skating on. And it's funny to me because it seemed like throughout the movie, no matter what other tricks they incorporated into their routine, the, the big final like dismount move was basically sliding into second base. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They would just slide their, their, their skateboard uh, towards the judges and just kind so, of act like so, they had just stole on a base or something. So
0: skating like crouched down like that, which I guess is kind of what you do on a surfboard, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: The, so they they are basically saying we invented that because I, to the extent that yeah. I pay attention to skate culture, <laughs> I I feel like I see a lot of that.
1: No, that's the that's kind of the the thing is that they took their surf experiences and brought it to the skateboard culture and I guess the polyurethane wheels made all of that more possible.
0: Okay. I still don't understand the science behind that, but I will
1: well they kept talking about how the polyurethane allows you to grip. Uh, So I guess where the I don't know what kind of wheels they were before, if they were just hard plastic or something. (laughs) They're wooden made made out of wood.
0: (laughs) Hello there. (laughs) Try these nice wooden wheels
1: for a change. Yeah, like why wouldn't they at least be rubber or something? You (laughs) know, like like wheels are like a tire.
0: Like a tire did exactly. uh, A a tire existed in 1975. (laughs) But okay, so but but so okay, so they invented that. But is that's not that's used today, right? Like skaters do that now, right? Like get low to the ground, whatever that technique is called.
1: I don't know because they were all like ground. You know, routines, to be honest, like they were literally on a plat, a platform that didn't have any ramps, didn't have any, you know, rails to grind or anything like that. And so every skate park I I know at least has a ramp and some of those plateau type ramps and stuff like that with with rails
0: maybe i'm maybe I'm not talking it's not like
1: a roller it's not like a roller rink, which is what this was like and and every single routine except at the end when they were all dressed like village people, and you know <laughs> they would just go up the ramp and down, and you know that was it. Every other one was basically like show off your your three sixty moves you know mm-hmm. so I don't know i I, I guess
0: so I feel right now i feel really lame because uh because i've i've now described that i spent an entire day of my adulthood uh trying to throw a football into a uh <laughs> into a truck you know, to settle a bet of who would walk into a Walgreens shirtless, and now I feel like just the way I'm asking questions about skating, like a cool guy would not a- ask these questions. Like, do they, do they, do they get close to the ground? You know, like, do they? Like, there's probably like terminology that I'm not even coming close to using. <laughs> that, that, that somebody who's like cool uh, and may like the jury could be out with them on whether or not I'm a cool guy and they're going to listen to this podcast and be like, <laughs> "Cool guy." okay. All right. We got, we, we got enough on him. Moving on.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, you're that one guy who was in the competition <laughs> who was like, yeah, doing the robot on the, <laughs> on, on the skateboard. No, I mean I think that it's all about how much height you can get off of a ramp and how many seven twenties you can get and whatever well, else. That's
0: um, the other thing too. I did not hear the term Ollie in this.
1: Yeah, I don't think it had been invented. I looked it up. I did a little bit of research on this, and I think that it wasn't invented until like 1979. Ooh, this was pre-Ollie. Nice. Yeah, yeah. No, all of my skate knowledge comes from TNC Surf Design's video game Uh (laughs) on the Nintendo uh, entertainment system from 1986.
0: So, yeah. I have a list in front of me of skateboard tricks and I don't remember hearing any of these. So I, this must've been very early on. Um, this movie took place very early on in skateboarding lore, but you've got the alpha flip, the anti Casper flip, the backside heel flip, <laughs> the Jesus flip, the Kiwi flip, the nerd flip, the no comply, the ollie north, the ollie south, the plasma spin, the pop shove it, pressure flip, rail flip, semi flip, 720 flip. There's something called a sex change. I'm glad they didn't do that in this movie. I'm, I'm just Listen, reading. Off I had a list. pop
1: shove it earlier. Okay? <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, I tried to do a pop shove it, ended up doing a sex change. Oops. <laughs> Ghetto bird. Yeah. Anyway. There's all sorts
1: of yeah.
0: tests you can do. I'm gonna, I'm
1: gonna. No, they didn't really show or talk about any of those. They just like the biggest things that they showed were when they started, I guess, because there was a drought in the mid '70s in California. All these, all these rich people had to drain their pools, so they would start scouting for different drained pools and hop the fences and and go skate in them. You know, of course, without the owner's permission. And the big thing was was when somebody decided to skate over the light in the pool. And I feel like they they did that like 50 times in the movie to just <laughs> show you exactly how cool that was. But that was, like, that was it. Like, everything else was just the fact that they were skating in pools. Like, that was the big thing. There weren't tricks yeah. involved, necessarily. They didn't never like, go up over the the lip of the pool to do, like, you know, any air shots or anything like this. Um they just kind of stayed on the yeah, pool surface. They
0: did they didn't even do the thing where they come up on the edge of the pool and like kind of stand with, with uh one hand. You know, like kind of like yeah. their their legs and skateboard are up above everything and like they're on one hand. And I'm sure that's on the list here. I don't know the name of
1: it, but um you would think that as much skating as they seem to have been doing that that would have been something that they just would have eventually gravitated to, <laughs> to doing, or, at least but... make,
0: or at least make it up in this movie. Like, uh, if you're gonna make a movie about <laughs> we skating, don't know right? the yeah, like I would not, if you had them do like the most advanced tricks ever, like I wouldn't have been like, uh, Oh, that wasn't invented in
1: 1975. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, they, they kind of follow, you know, three or four of these, these boys, and this team, and their kind of their progression in life, and you've got Jay—I and I cannot remember what his name is—but you've got Tony Alva and Peralta, Stacy Peralta. Stacy Peralta wrote the the screenplay, but he also directed a documentary called Dogtown and Z Boys, which is a pretty acclaimed. Documentary. And uh, I wouldn't mind watching that at some point. Well, can
0: I, can I say something that bothered me yeah. slightly or, or just it caught my attention? So he wrote this movie and did he direct it as well?
1: No, he did not. No. Oh, okay. It was a girl n- named Catherine, Catherine, Hardwick. Catherine, Catherine Hardwick. Hardwick.
0: Okay. So yeah. at the end, at the end of the movie, you know, this is about a bunch of like 17, 18 year olds. And we kind of follow them through three or four years of their life or whatever it is. And then they do that thing at the end where they tell you where they are now. And when it yeah. got to, how do I say his last name? Stacy Peralta. Yeah. When it got to him, it said that, you know, he was a skater for a while and that he was an award-winning filmmaker. And I was kind of like, uh, I hope that wasn't written in the script, uh, because that's <laughs> super arrogant, Stacy.
1: Well, I think it's because of his documentary. I think that it yeah. did win several awards. So, you know, he's not lying, but he's in the movie. He is so young. Stacy Peralta, you know, these guys are kind of, you know, actually taking at least Southern California by storm to some degree. I think I read that, you know, they had done like a a playboy interview at some point point. They were starting to get featured in these skate magazines, which were becoming prominent. But also, Stacy Peralta was was hired to be a a skateboarder on Charlie's Angels, and so they show a clip of that, like a current Lords of Dogtown clip of Charlie's Angels, and the director of Charlie's Angels is Stacy Peralta, but. Uh, Jay Adams, that's his name, Emil Hirsch's character, Uh, Tony Alva and Skip. I don't know that Skip's last name was ever mentioned, but the Heath Ledger character, they're all in the movie, too, as well. They've got very brief cameos, and so does Tony Hawk and a couple of other big-time skaters that I don't have any clue who they are. But I thought that was interesting that they were able to get all those guys in the movie to some degree uh, although Jay Adams has passed on. I want to say one of the other guys has too, but.
0: Wait, was that Jay Adams? Was he the one with the brain tumor?
1: No, Jay Adams is the one that kind of went East LA, you know, oh, lean right. on me okay. vibe. Oh, okay. Is I the got Emil you. Hirsch yeah. character. Yeah, I, uh, got you. I got you. Yeah. 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 So one, one thing that, of course, they have to involve is a love story.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a few of them and I'm confused by, I was confused by the whole thing.
1: Oh, that's two. Do you want to bring up the most disturbing part of the movie?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think. <laughs> um, well, so
1: I'll so um, give a little bit of background. So the whitest of the characters who somehow has the last name Peralta, he he's the one who looks like a handsome brother. He kind of has this thing for one of his teammates and best friend's sisters, Tony Alva, her, his sister, but so does Jay Adams. But the sister in and Peralta kind of hook up at first. And Jay Adams is always kind of looking on like kind of skulking in the in the corner, like, oh, why can't she like me? But then there's a a, a hangout, I wouldn't call it a party at uh Tony Alva's house, and Stacy Peralta kind of screws the the relationship up and jay adams is there to pick up the pieces
0: well i i think you're glossing over some you're glossing glossing over some things uh okay. that that make it even weirder to me stacy tony's sister who yeah. is dating stacy tries to Seduce Stacy yes. at this at this get together by saying, "Hey, let's let's get this thing going on the lawn in front, the front of the front house yard. in the, in the front yard, and her brothers like you know up on the porch or something." And and yeah,
1: we only you know, seem to have a problem with them being together.
0: Yeah, and well, yeah, and and so Stacy is like wait a second you know your brother's right up there this is not how this needs to happen and he feels offended and he leaves and so yeah so then she makes a beeline for Jay Emil Hirsch's character and ends up in a bedroom with Emil Hirsch's character but also Tony and whatever girl he's dating at that point they're like three feet apart on separate twin beds making out and it's probably leading other places as well and when I was watching this I texted Brad and I was just like is are they about to hook up are brother and sister about to hook up in the same room (laughs) like three feet apart from each other
1: his sister tells Jay to take off his shorts like they are and I think that the other couple is already in a state of undress They were about to both get it on, brother and sister in the same room with not together, but with another party. Yeah. Within three feet of each other. And I was like, what the heck is going on here?
0: Hey man, you don't understand the lifestyle, man. Uh well, thankfully the dad and he like busts in. He busts in at the at the last second.
1: And the the two non-siblings have to go scurrying. But Tony was fine with Jay getting a little piece of action. He was fine three feet away from him. (laughs) Yeah, it was... He was not happy with with Peralta getting, you know...
0: No. Well, I guess he was a young, confused...
1: I have no idea what was going on
0: there. But it was... Yeah, I mean, it... (laughs) <laughs> that was the that was the weird thing to me. Like, and I don't know if uh, Peralta is trying to say something about like the you know dysfunction of the family and like the lack of guidance from the parents or whatever. Because they, they established that his dad's kind of uh, taskmaster, and you know he doesn't want his sister wearing skimpy clothes out of the house and all that stuff. And I don't know. Maybe he's trying to say. Hey, uh, here's how rebellious they really are. But it seems like you could have done that and them still be in separate rooms. It was Yeah. Was I don't weird.
1: know. That was bizarre and and it was uh I couldn't imagine that happening in real life, but <laughs> maybe they do things differently in Dogtown.
0: <laughs> they
1: don't wear shirts. <laughs> so they focus on these guys <laughs> and eventually they start to kind of get broken up because different, I guess, skateboard impresarios <laughs> in yeah. Southern California. Well, start Johnny, Knoxville,
0: to, uh, yeah, Johnny Knoxville cracked me up. Just his whole look. And I, I, like I couldn't tell if he was trying to be funny or if he, I mean, I was laughing every time he was on screen just because of how ridiculous his outfits were.
1: He was doing his best kid rock imitation.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, you had him and then the, uh, gosh, what is that guy's name? Oh, shoot. He he plays the goalie in Miracle. I can't remember his name, but he's sort of like the nerdy skateboarding sponsor. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. I don't, I don't uh, Eddie, remember Eddie, his name. Eddie Cahill is his name. But, uh, but, yeah, he was like a stark contrast from Eddie Cahill. Johnny Knoxville was just, you know, he looks like a, <laughs> like he said, Kid Rock pimp.
1: Yeah, it was hilarious. But Kid Rock and the other guy, they kind of, are out to to pick up Skip's team and, and kind of pick them off one by one. And so Johnny Knoxville ends up with Tony Alva. I guess the other guy picks up Peralta. And this all happens at a party that Heath Ledger is, is hosting at his skate shop. And he gets drunk and despondent at the party. And decides to go up to the roof of this skate shop and proceed to throw uh, surfboards that he's worked on off the roof and, you know, in the process, breaking them. And he throws maybe five or six surfboards off the roof. And the whole time I'm thinking, that's not just a, hey, I'm just going to grab a a couple of surfboards and take them up to, it's like a 30 minute process at least, probably. (laughs) they just acted like, yeah, he just had him up there. He's just throwing them off, uh, so they get kind of picked off. And and I guess they have sponsors. I guess this is what's going on. You know, by the end of the movie, Peralta literally looks like he's headed to to uh, Studio Fifty One. You know, with his his F- Studio Fifty Four. <laughs> Sure, that one too. <laughs> <Studio> 51. <laughs> and, and the, fi,
0: fi, yeah, 51 is, it's not quite as crazy. It's not quite as flamboyant uh, as 54, but it's, you know, it's not bad. you have a good time there. It's more like a showbiz pizza. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mitzi. Mitzi gets a little yeah. crazy
0: though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, so, am I crazy? Yeah. Or am I crazy or th- uh, for some reason, I thought Jeremy Renner was in this movie.
1: He was. He was one of the... The well, I didn't understand. I don't I guess see him they, on IMDb. Yeah, I had to look it up somewhere else. I think in the Wikipedia page. Okay, um, but he kind of has, and this was you know pre Marvel. Yeah, yeah. pre Hurt Locker by a lot. I feel like Well,
0: there was a lot of there were a lot of stars in this movie. Like Joel, Joel McHale is in this movie for like he has like a half a line or something. Yeah. And of course, we mentioned Mitch Hedberg, e- America Ferrera.
1: John Cusack's dad was in it. Oh really? <laughs> America Ferrera, do you know what her name was in this movie? I felt bad uh, for her.
0: Yeah, it was Thunder Monkey, right?
1: Thunder Monkey. Yeah, uh, why was that her name? Could have could have <laughs> softened that one up a little bit.
0: Well, yeah, like she so she's at the party and she's like she's basically playing a skate skater groupie, right?
1: I guess I think that there were I was a little confused because
0: I was confused through a lot of this movie, but
1: Alva's sister had like a group of girls that would hang out with her. And I guess she was part of that group. That's, that's kind of what I gathered because they all, they called her thunder monkey as if like, they all knew her really well.
0: So that's her skate handle or something. But, but you uh, know,
1: at the beginning of the movie, when, when Skip made his team, there was a, at least one girl on the team, and they don't really ever mention her again. And I thought that was well, interesting, and- especially since it was made by, I uh, was directed by a, a female. Like they didn't, they were not worried about that female well, skater. That probably yeah. broke, broke a lot of boundaries.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if this movie's made in 2020, she's not, sure, her, her character is not Thunder Monkey, and probably Alexis Arquette, the character <laughs> name is not Tranny either. <laughs>
1: Why was that? she even in this? No, but why was she even in this movie? Like I, it was so bizarre. Th-
0: there, were, there were there were lots of well, and you know, I know America Ferrera was not America Ferrera yet because her show probably wasn't a hit at this point. Yeah, but.
1: yeah, Sophia Vergara was in it. Yeah, she was in it. Filing. Yeah, the,
0: <laughs> Of course, we mentioned Rebecca De Mornay, but yeah, it yeah. was uh, yeah there was there was a lot of randomness to this uh to
1: this oh movie. ethan from from lost was in yeah. it
0: <laughs> he was in it
1: i was confused was he jay's dad or stepdad or like his wife's i mean his mom's boyfriend because he was like you'll always be my son because he left because rebecca nimorna's character was crazy and hopped yeah. up on drugs and, and did you see the amount of pot that was moved out of the apartment <laughs> <laughs> they grabbed a bag and it was like a 5 gallon bag full of pot <laughs> when ethan from lost moved out of rebecca and apartment well yeah
0: i don't i don't know like I, yeah he was some sort of father figure but yeah the the movie like there's there were so many things that could have been further explored like the full movie could have just been about Rebecca de Mornay's relationship with her son, but we just kind of like mm-hmm. get a couple of glimpses of her. Yeah. The movie could have been about Heath Ledger more. Like the movie could have been like Heath Ledger who, you know, he granted this is pre Brokeback mountain. So he's not truly Heath Ledger yet. I mean, he's been in the Patriot and 10 yeah. things I Hate about you and he's, you know, great in those movies, but he hasn't garnered Oscar buzz yet. And I feel like he was, Although-
1: I will say that. Let me see <laughs> if I can find exactly. Th- this movie won an award. Oh, really? Well, yeah. I, I, like, I,
0: I feel like he was
1: trying to win an Oscar. Like
0: he, like, but he wasn't really in the movie enough to win an Oscar. <laughs> the movie wasn't about him enough.
1: He won actor of the year. Okay, for given to him by the Central Ohio Film Critics Association.
0: <laughs> oh. I stand corrected. He
1: did win an award for this. <laughs> so, you know, the uh the Cleveland Steamer Award, I think is what that's called. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, so anyways, these guys, they're all kind of going their own way and 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 breaking up the band basically, but they all have this one friend that we haven't really talked about who is kind of a, a lesser skater. He's more of just kind of a hanger-on, but, you know, they're friends with him. His name was Sid. And it's, it turns out that, you know, after a couple of years of them doing their own thing, Tony Alva becomes this big, you know, skater in his own right. Uh, Stacey Peralta becomes a big skater in his in his way. Jay Adams becomes disillusioned with it, you know, altogether, and literally is part of NWA at the end of the at the end of the <laughs> movie, but in a skinhead type way. And they all so so their friend Sid has a, you know a, a brain tumor throughout the movie. They they keep saying he has an inner ear problem. Mm-hmm. because loud noises uh, make him startled and kind of lose his balance. He he falls in one of the, the empty pool scenes and says he can't feel his feet, but then, you know, no, he can never feel his feet. But it comes to, to understanding that it's not an inner ear problem. It's a brain tumor. And I guess he had had surgery, and they kind of all surreptitiously show up at his house at the same time. His parents are wealthy. They have a pool. And they've allowed uh, the kids to drain it so that they can skate. And of course, Sid is in a wheelchair, so he's not able to to, to skate. But that's kind of that's kind of the movie. They all kind of have a, a big happy get together again, a big reunion of sorts, and and put all their differences behind them for Sid. And and that's really kind of it as far as the movie goes. Did you have anything else that stood out to you?
0: No, I mean, we've hit all the high points. I think, I think I was thinking this earlier. I don't think I actually said it, but there was part of, uh, like, I, I understand that, you know, they were young teenagers who were, you know, looking for places to, to skate, you know, so they were breaking into people's houses and skating in their, uh, empty pools. But during that montage of them doing that, I, I felt sort of an annoyance with them that they were they were like not respecting other people's property which means I'm again lame and old but uh but I remember it's like oh gosh like that person worked hard to uh, make that pool nice and you're like <laughs> you're breaking you're messing with the shrubbery and stuff
1: <laughs> that's hilarious no what what bothered me is the opening scene of uh showing Emil Hirsch you know uh leaving his apartment you know, he's like just breaking things, other people's property. As he's going down, oh, yeah. you know, whatever street, and then for no reason at all. But then there, there was another scene. I don't know what they were doing, but they were in traffic and they were they were kind of weaving in between a, a line of cars. And I think it was Emil Hirsch again. He was just kind of like slapping the 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 roof of every car that he passed as the as these cars were stuck in traffic and I was just like why, why are you doing that you little punk <laughs> <laughs> of course you know again 45 year old dad came out and and was right. like that but uh but yeah just kind of unnecessary rudeness i guess
0: well and that, that was the other thing too it's like I, i'm i'm trying to figure out who who am i rooting for and you know really good movies can offer up a protagonist who is deeply flawed and does bad things throughout the movie, but through the performance and the script, you're, you're staying with them and you're like, Hey, you, you made this mistake, but I'm rooting for you. And that could be Walter White in breaking bad. It could be Don Draper and mad men. It could be Max Fisher and Rushmore, like whoever, like all, all of those characters are characters that make really bad decisions, treat people poorly, but you you're with them and you're like, Hey, I'm rooting for you. I'm wanting you to overcome yourself by the end of this movie. And I wasn't just, I wasn't sure who that person was in this movie. I was just like, you know, I, all these kids, like, why, why do I like them? That's kind of the thing I struggled with.
1: I think it, I think you were supposed to pull for all of them, to be honest, you know, because.
0: Well, and that, that would have been great too. I, I just, the movie did not give me a reason enough to to truly pull for them. Cause I, I wasn't sure what they were. I wasn't sure what the movie was trying to like, I, like the movie was not clear about what they were trying to accomplish and it doesn't have to be like, hit you over the head with it, but you know, they, they all came from differing backgrounds and stuff. And I don't know. It was just the, the, the movie seemed aimless to me,
1: but, but, yeah, hey, no, I, I think but Heath Ledger won world. an award for it. <laughs> From central Ohio. Yeah. I think that, I think that they were trying to show that all of these guys were misfits and underdogs and that they all had their, their unique abilities in a world that wasn't ready for them. As far as, you know, the skateboarding Mm. competition world, I guess at first. And you know, like in the character of Jay Adams, I I, I did I thought Emil Hirsch did a great job playing his his character, and in real life, this guy did have serious problems. You know, I mean, he's he was a young teen who didn't have a father. His his mom was a meth head or whatever, and you know, he just he really I felt like that he was one of those guys that I did kind of pull for. And, you know, I guess at the end, he didn't really, I mean, they don't show the troubles that he went through, although they kind of talk about how the, he had drug problems and, and had some stints in prison later in life. But I don't know. I just, I, I kind of was pulling for him the most out of everybody. Um, can you hear my dog <laughs> walking <laughs> Yeah. Sounds like a typewriter. I'm sure. <laughs> Someone
0: um, there's a stenographer in the back taking <laughs> vigorous notes, notes of everything you're thinking. This is brilliant. I gotta get this down.
1: <laughs> but anyways, um uh, yeah, she's supposed to be locked up right now. But anyways, which leads me to I think it's been a while since we've actually recorded, but I think that last time that we did this, we came up with a new segment where we uh make predictions. I don't recall what our predictions were. I didn't write them <laughs> But uh, oh. well, we'll continue this and I'll just go through the questions again and, and maybe with the next episode we can actually write down what our predictions were so that we can go oh, back right, right, yeah. to them. But uh, there, was a, okay, hey, so, there was
0: a lot of there's a lot of things in this movie that I would have not have
1: predicted. Like yeah, <laughs> well, I would not have predicted are...
0: brother sister make out session with <laughs> other people in the same room. I would not have predicted that.
1: Let's be clear, this was not a make out session. This was full on <laughs> like Caligula. <laughs> I wouldn't have predicted that either. <laughs> these are classic sports tropes that we're trying to figure out how many of these movies adhere to. So the first one is, is there a rebel quarterback which we inserted for a star player? Is there a rebel star player for this movie? Oh yeah, what yeah. they all are. Yeah, they all are, but especially uh, Jay. Jay, definitely. All right. Is there a lovable misfit or misfits that defy the odds?
0: Um. Well, I would say Stacy defies the odds. So does Tony. Mm-hmm. Jay is a little bit of a victim of the odds, maybe.
1: But I think that those two are definite. Definite yays for that one. Third one, is there a star athlete who never realized their dream? I would say Jay in that case. He was kind of, you know, the most talented one from what they, at least aside from the movie, movie, in real life, I was kind of researching some of this and he was the one who kind of drove the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so was there a strong woman who helps the protagonist rise above yeah,
0: there there are no strong women in this movie that I can remember.
1: I would say there's there's no there's uh, a
0: lot of arm, arm candy in this movie, but that's it. Sofie, Sofia okay. Vergara, she's the strong, <laughs> she's the strongest <laughs> woman. In yeah.
1: this movie. Was there a jilted girlfriend who I can I don't have my glasses. Who who the star goes back to? No, uh, okay. no. And was there a training montage? I would say yes.
0: Yeah. The pool, the, the the montage of them skating in the pools. Yeah. So, all right. So, okay. So this is a sports movie. This is a sports movie.
1: <laughs> they got four out of the six. I say yeah. it's a sports
0: movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we'll do that again uh, in a few minutes when we decide our next movie. Um, we'll try to predict what uh, the next movie will have in it. Okay. So let's go to the rating. Five out of five balls. How many would you give this? Mm, Two and a half. You, was, did, you didn't really like it that much, huh?
0: No, nah, I mean it was. Uh, it was interesting, but this is not a movie that I will. Well, I was like, I'm not. I'm not going to be like, hey, you need to. Have you seen Lords of Dogtown? Oh, you got to see it. It's amazing. Like it was. It was a. Uh, I thought it was shot well. Story wise, though, it. It was just. It was too. Too fragmented to me.
1: There was something about it that I just liked. You mentioning that it was shot well, I felt like it had a little bit of a Friday Night Lights feel to it, the TV show. Kind of loose yeah. cameras and not, yeah. you know.
0: Yeah, well, and everything not- was like gritty. Everything, like there was like a grain to everything. And, you know, uh, this is a movie that I'm sure is on our list, but, you know, this came out post Blue Crush. And I think when I, I think when I first turned this movie on, I was like, oh, I'm going to be watching Blue Crush, but with dudes on skateboards. And uh, maybe when it wasn't that, maybe I had set my expectations too high.
1: Yeah, there was just something about it that I liked. And I, you know, I am not typically one to pine for the mid-70s, mid-70s or the 70s in general, even though I was born in 75 and, and lived half of the 70s. You go back and look at movies that were made in that time period or or TV shows. They're not just like, I mean, it seemed like every single TV show that was made in the 70s just showed how dirty everything, you know, Barney Miller, uh, Sanford and Son, you know, all these just like gross places, not nice looking at all. But for some reason, this movie was able to get me to kind of pine for that moment at that place with these guys and and kind of want to be a part of that in some way. You know, maybe I have a little bit more skater boy in me than than you do. I don't know, but it was just it was just something about it that resonated with me. So I'll give it I'll give it four balls. Uh, oh, four, wow, four balls. Yeah, yeah.
0: So I'm I'm saying see you later, boy, and
1: you, <laughs> you are <laughs> saying I'm your skater boy. Yeah, I do. I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it the first time, and I and I enjoyed it again. I remember being pleasantly surprised the first time. And I am interested in seeing uh, Dogtown and Z-Boys, which uh, one other little segment that we do is, is the rankings. Um, IMDb, sports movie, this comes in at 162 in the, in the rankings. It is not in the Rotten Tomatoes top 150, but Dogtown and Z-Boys is number 47. So pretty good documentary, I think, from what I understand. I'll have to check out the doc. Yeah, so having done all that, let's go to the next movie. Go to the sports movie Wheel of Death.
0: Wheel of Death!
1: And we have number ninety-eight. Oh man, this is gonna be good. Which is, oh, I don't even know what this is. Oh I'm crap. gonna have to look it up.
0: <laughs> I was hoping I was hoping for Rocky Four.
1: It, well, it'd have to be Rocky Two. Oh, that's right. Okay. Sunset Park. Let's see what this um, is about. I'm Looks like the it's Google a book. basketball movie.
0: Oh, fun.
1: A white school teacher, Rhea Perlman. <laughs> Takes <laughs> over a talented but undisciplined black high school basketball team and turns them into a winning team. So it's basically Coach Carter. Coach Car- uh, it's Coach Carter
0: slash uh, Hoosiers. Okay, we could probably just do this uh, podcast now if you want. Uh, but with
1: Car- but with Carla <laughs> and Terrence Howard.
0: Terrence Howard's in it.
1: Yeah, this is basically Fast Break again.
0: How did this movie so this this movie must be terrible? This movie must be terrible because it came out I can't wait. Came out in nineteen ninety six. Oh man. Well, okay, movie tropes, let's just say yes to all of them because <laughs> <laughs> there's just really no question.
1: There's oh. a rebel quarter, there's a rebel star player, I guarantee you. Yeah. Well is there, is there okay, this one is there a lovable misfit has that to be. Right
0: someone who doesn't believe in, in themselves and uh Carla's going <laughs> to show them how to do it. This movie made $4 million, $4,700,000 opening weekend and between, and went on to make 10 million. So I, I don't know. Uh, I guess approximately 1 million people saw this movie. If my math is correct, but yeah, this has to be so bad.
1: Okay. okay, so you think there's a star athlete who never realized his dreams, most definitely.
0: <laughs> of course, yeah. And I, I don't know if I'm cheating by doing this, but I'm looking at the photos on uh, IMDb, and there's a player who has glasses. So, <laughs> uh, lovable loser check.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, a strong woman who helps the protagonist rise above, guaranteed that's happening. Well, would
0: that not be coach Carla?
1: <laughs> it's got to be coach Carla. Number 5, a jilted girlfriend who who the star goes back to.
0: Um yeah, I'll, I'll say that. And this is this is the classic boof character. Like
1: yeah.
0: Um some somebody who's we know is right for the main character, but they get too big for their britches or whatever.
1: Yeah. And then the six is a training montage. Oh, they, well, sure. of course, of course, gotta like, be one. This
0: movie does not get made unless there is one.
1: Yeah, so I'm excited about that. That's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, a basketball movie starring a Cheers cast member that I've never seen before. Like this, this will be fun.
1: Yeah. So uh, we do have a Twitter account. You can uh, reach us at Slow Pitch Cast. And recommend movies like sunset park to us. Ones that we were not aware of. Uh, We also have an Instagram. It's slow pitch podcast account where you can see, I will not tell you who does the artwork for that, but we recreate the sports posters with artwork and you can vote on who does it better. Slow pitch or, or the original movie. Um,
0: Well, and also um, Brad and I were discussing this. We're not professional podcasters in case you can't tell. And, um, (laughs) uh, so we're talking about how boring we come across as we're discussing these movies. And so if you are someone who's listening to this podcast, but you're like, man, these guys take forever to get to a point, go ahead and feel free to crank us up to one and a half speed or two speed. If you're listening on a platform that offers faster than that, um, you'll get through the podcast a lot quicker and we will sound more energetic
1: and exciting. <laughs> we, if you do that. Do. we sound like we're actually not about to fall asleep. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so we do appreciate you listening, you know, like us, review us, rate us on your favorite podcast catcher. Thank you for listening to Slow Pitch, where all of our neck tattoos say contributor to society.
0: <laughs> okay, perfect.
1: we do appreciate you listening. Uh thank you for listening to slow pitch. I'm going to edit some of this because I'm saying it over and over, but we appreciate you guys. That was horrible. We'll edit
0: that. We, we we yeah, we can uh we can do a take 2 if you want.
1: <laughs> I got it. I think I got it. it. Um, all right. Edit, editing is is magic, so